0: For another episode of Beerly Hockey, I'm Phil Razor. He's Nate McBride. We are here to talk about the Stanley Cup final. You have waited all fucking season for this. It's finally here, but before we get into that, we have to start. Nate, what are you sipping on tonight, buddy? Buddy, uh, well, first of all, I just want to
1: say, you mentioned we've been waiting all season for this moment, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, I honestly wouldn't mind some of that weather that we usually have when this season starts right now, because for fucking sakes, dude, I just stepped outside for about five minutes and almost lost a pound in water weight from sweating. Honestly, ridiculous. This is... 98 in Columbus, Ohio today. Yeah, this is not conducive... This weather is not conducive for skinny fat people such as myself. (laughs) Uh, But... Uh, Tonight, I'm going with uh, just an American classic, Bell's Two-Hearted IPA, made up up in Comstock, Michigan.
0: There you go. It's a Michigander beer. I decided to go a little local to one of the two teams playing tonight. Not that it's a fancy beer. I may or may not have grabbed a Coors Banquet in honor of the Colorado Avalanche. Coors, the banquet beer. Coors, the banquet beer. Had to grab one. Yeah, give me your best Sam Elliott, boys. I had to to give give the Avs a shout-out on our our podcast. Follow us there, at Small Market Insecurities. Um, On Twitter, Instagram, Small Market Insecurities. Or, sorry, Twitter, Small Market INS. Instagram, Small Market Insecurities. And TikTok, Small MKT Insecurities there as well. Um, I don't know if you remember, Nate, but my preseason pick was Colorado Avs to hoist the cup. And, buddy, they're looking good right now. And let's go talk about how they looked against Edmonton. Yeah, buddy, it got through Calgary and that was enough winning for one Stanley Cup playoffs.
1: Oh, Phil, I think we should. Uh, I think we should, before we really dive into this, because I'm ready to go after that. But I think we should uh, discuss to our listeners why this episode's sounding maybe just a little bit different than some of our other ones. It's because uh, we're
0: not together because we have a uh, a diseased individual amongst us that we shall shall remain nameless. Yeah, um, let's just say his name doesn't start with a P.
1: It starts with an <laughs> N. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, usually we're we usually Phil and I record together. Uh, we're you know just the two best friends that anybody could have. But uh, because Nate McBride has been put on the COVID nineteen injured reserve list, uh, we have to do this
0: over the web. So that is why this is sounding different. But. It's fine. Let's go. Yeah. No, no worries, buddy. You get off that COVID IR, get back and start yeah. grinding out some shifts. Anyway, um, enough about me. Let's talk about that gong show. Dude, you know what, though? The first game was wild, right? I mean, Colorado won 8-6, and everybody was like, man, we are in for a series. And then Colorado said, no, you're not. And they decided to just eviscerate Edmonton the rest of the time. And I'll tell you, games two and three were, man, eh. I mean... They weren't bad, but they weren't great when you look at them. I mean, 4-0, Colorado River, Edmonton is very much a shock in Game 2. Like, I don't think anybody saw a shutout. 4-2, tightly contested game in Game 3, but Game 4, man, we, we, you know, we get to overtime. We get so many back-and-forth goals, you know? It's yeah. back-and-forth, McKinnon scores, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, how is this going to end? You know, and then, of course... For the second consecutive year, he did it last year in Montreal, and he did it this year for Colorado to send his teams, respectively, each team, to the cup final. Lacken and man, scores the game winner. This dude has a nose in game seven, especially in overtime, for tucking that puck home and sending his team off to try to hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. Hopefully he has better luck this time from my perspective, but we'll get there. Um, Can I just say here, um, I, it's, it's exactly what –
1: we discussed when we previewed this series. Uh, I think, I believe I said, I mean, I said maybe four four or five games. I'm pretty sure I said five. But I think my big reasoning was, you know, at the Avalanche just have all these supporting pieces. Obvi- yes, they have the names, the McKinnons, the Landeskog's, the McCars. Um, but they also have those guys like the Lekkonens, like the Tays, like the Kadris. That are also producing as well. That and Edmonton didn't have those guys on their roster. They relied way too heavily on Drysaitel, on McJesus, and in the playoffs on Evander Kane.
0: Yep. And Kate, so, Kane or- yeah,
1: I mean, I, I don't think this really comes as too much of a surprise to anybody.
0: You made a, a you know a gong show. Um, once again, Edmonton, no blue line. Colorado, plenty of offense running you four waves. Good, good luck. Good night, Jim Kite. Gail McCarr, by the way, in game four to wrap up the series, five points. Fucking superstar. For all of you that came at me for my top five with McCarr up that high, superstar. The kid is a stud. The kid is an absolute bona fide stud. He's a man rocket. He's he's a part of one of the best wagons we've seen in a playoff run in a while. I mean, this Colorado team, man, it'll be fun, and we're going to get into a lot of that. But we just wanted to you know pump those tires a little bit. Um, on a kudos because honestly a four game sweep. I think the last time that happened in the conference final was uh, Boston over Carolina the year they lost to the blues in seven. So, you know, doesn't happen too often. What's no. up for the other series. Holy shit, boys. Man oh man. I, I know Wait, did most- we say? I think I think we said seven in this one. I think I think both of us said seven. Am I wrong? No, I believe we did. I might have said Tampa in six, but I, I believe we said seven it's been a couple of weeks since you we recorded yeah. but it's a very and they'd, uh, hop in whenever you want to interject it's a very uh, unique feeling because it's fun for for me to watch teams like with fan bases like the rangers personally because they're so passionate and so wild and they're obviously their social media presence is you know undefeated in terms of you know the sheer volume they they come at you it's like it's like americans on d day storming normandy And, you know, you piss one off, you piss them all off. And it's kind of fun when they melt down just to watch it. But at the same time, it's happening in the benefit of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who we as Blue Jackets fans hate and who a lot of the league is sick and fucking tired of watching win. So there's somebody really does it. do, do, Do hockey fans really win with this result? Or do you think that, you know, the better team just got out of a matchup of, you know, been there, done that. Against never been there, done that with some talent.
1: But see, here's my 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 problem is I, you know, look, we talked a lot about the been there factor and how much you know it it does contribute, but I'm I'm sorry, I I don't see anything else going for this Tampa team other than the been there factor. And they lost a lot of pieces this past year. Granted, they did add. You know, they have a couple of them. I can't think of their
0: uh, Nick Paul. Was, Nick Paul's been a revolution, a revelation. Sorry, a revelation as a deadline trade that they acquired. He's been the best. Yeah,
1: I was. There like was another
0: Ross, Ross Colton chipping in like a motherfucker. Yeah,
1: Ross Russ Colton like had like that's a name. That's exactly who I was thinking of. You know, a young guy that literally just came out of the blue and. Has all, you know, start putting p- pucks in the net, and then, of course, you got, you know, little ring-chasing bitch Corey Perry there as well.
0: <laughs> that fucking rat on the fourth line. Fucking. The teams can have a heart winner on their fourth
1: line, though. Yeah, I, I get it, but, you know, my thing, it there's just too much that has gone on. I, I don't want to give it to the, the Lightning just on the bend there factor, but has the been there factor really contributed to this? And I think so just because of how is and how it has that much impact over this and how it's gotten them all the way here. Yeah. It's just mind boggling. And maybe that's just because they are the only team that's made it this far from the East. You know, they've made it this far the last three years, you know, I just don't, I, fuck, dude, I hate Tampa Bay so much. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me how they've gotten here because they played uh, – who was their first-round matchup, Phil? I'm sorry. Help me out here. Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Okay, so you, they barely got past Toronto. They barely got past Florida.
0: They somehow managed to get past the Rangers. Well, they, they swept the Panthers, I mean, they swept them right out. You know, the the Panthers were overmatched, and the Panthers didn't look like themselves in the first round, and they got carried by Carter Braggie, and then they ran into the buzzsaw that's Tampa, which it's one of those situations, man. It's kind of like when you're like a—you see like a 12 seed in the tournament or whatever, you know, or an 8 seed that upsets the 1 or upset—yeah, you know, they, an 8 seed beats a 1 in the, second, in the second round, and then holy shit, they're in the final four, and it was like UNC this year, right? It reminds me of that. They got through Toronto, a team that matches up with them pretty goddamn well. And it went to seven gritty games. They beat them 2-1 in Game 7. And Toronto's the best team they've played in playoffs so far. And they got them in the first round.
1: Yeah, and, and honestly, I don't know how much better, if any better, Carolina would have done against Tampa this
0: round just because of how Carolina performed on the road. It would have been grittier. But yeah, probably the same result, Tampa and six, to be honest. Um, I'm looking at the results here. So this series was flipped on its head in game three. New York, Rags came out, tagged the uh, the little, you know, we'll say the legs were a little laggy for the lightning after all that time off. Mm-hmm. You know, little, little rigor mortis for the boys. Six, um, two in game one, three, two in game two. So you're like, okay, you know, Rags went to at home. Okay. They, hit, they were up two nothing in the second period of game three. And it all flipped, and it all concluded with an Andre Pilat game-winning talk with 42 seconds left. Yep. And honestly, that— I, And then Tampa won every game after that.
1: If, you, like, if you're in New York and you're able to close that game out, this series probably looks a lot different. I mean, Tampa might win. Tampa maybe wins game four. But you probably go back to New York game five and be able to pull out a game,
0: you know, win that series in five. By the way, first— two-and-a-half of the six games of this series, Vassy gave up 11 goals in, like, two-and-a-half games. Game four, final, 4-1, four, Tampa. Game five, final, 3-1, Tampa. Game six, final, 2-1, Tampa. Yeah, so Vasi found, you know, Happy learned how to putt, and there you go. And there, you. and there goes the big cat again. That's why he's the best on earth, folks. Now, do you think uh, – now, maybe he comes out in this series and,
1: you know, has a little – or maybe he, you know, maybe he comes out and has a little rough patch because he's just getting a little tired in there. Maybe he just, you know, continues having that hot hand. But I, there is no way that he can keep this sh- level of play up. There is no way. And if he does, I want the man tested for the, that Russian juice.
0: Yeah, and no, that's fair. That Russian gas, baby, that'll get
1: you exactly. I want him tested for it because that <laughs> shit ain't right. This guy has played three literal full seasons in net literal full seasons from home opener all the way to last game of the Stanley cup finals. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to do that three years in a row.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I guess they're a little lucky that 20, the 2021 season, I guess 2020 got cut short a little bit and then they had the bubble. And then 2021 was only 56 instead of 82 regular season games. So He's had a little bit of benefit there, but I still thought the legs would be dragging ass as opposed to a lot of other teams, and it's not. Um, Yeah, Once guys, we for the third consecutive year, Tampa's in, Stanley Cup Final, and they're taking on the Colorado Avalanche, who last hoisted Lord Stanley's Cup in 2001, the famous moment of their now GM, Joe Sackick, handing it off. After 21 years, Raymond Bork! Over his head right away. Class move by Joe Sackett, by the way. Um, Avs Lightning. Uh, Honestly, you know, uh, the battle of the natural phenomenons. You know, two pretty dope ass team names, if I do say so myself. Absolutely. Um, This is a fascinating matchup because the Avs play the style of hockey now that the Lightning were playing three years ago. Yep. With, you know, they've lost key pieces. Guys like Blake Coleman are gone. You You know what I mean? Like they've lost some guys. They replaced them pretty well. Um, they found some, you know, lightning in a bottle with guys like Nick Paul and Ross Colton and Corey Perry, and you know, their big their big guns still produce. You know, the headbands of the world, the Stammers, the Braden Points, when healthy, the kucharovs yep Kucherovs, and you know, Sorelli guys like that. They 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 continue to produce. And right now, the ABS are high flying. I mean. Oh, boy, and they've had a lot of rest. I wouldn't be surprised if Game One went a different way than we may talk about. So, oh. Bill, let's just let's take a look here, real
1: quick, just at what Vegas. is. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, so, and to win the series right now, uh, the Avalanche are your favorite at minus one seventy five. Tampa at plus one fifty. Um, right now, your Con Smythe winner odds. Uh, Kale McCarr is the odds-on favorite at plus one seventy five. And then Nathan McKinnon at plus two hundred, uh, Nikita Kucherov and Vasilevsky or, or I'm sorry, Bazilevsky is third at plus three seventy five. Kucherov fourth at plus four fifty, and then listen to this drop off. So there, I said Kucherov at plus four fifty. Then it goes to Stamkos at plus fourteen hundred, and then it goes to Darcy Kemper and Miko Rantanen at plus twenty two hundred. Yep. Headman at plus twenty five, Landeskog at plus twenty eight. Really? Yeah. So um, that's what they look. That's what they're looking like. And uh, so there's a lot. At least where I go out and bet. Um, obviously, I'm in a state where it is legal, but not enacted yet because Ohio's just really slow at that shit. I don't get it. But uh, I went out on Bo- Bovada found myself some odds on series correct win order and uh well i'll go ahead and give you my little preview or i'll give you my prediction of this right now while i'm do- while i'm telling you I've, I've got the colorado avalanche the Colorado avalanche as phil likes to call them uh i've got them winning this series in seven uh i've got at plus Sixty five hundred odds. I've got Colorado winning game one, Tampa game two, Tampa game three, Colorado game four, Colorado game five, Tampa game six, Colorado game seven.
0: Interesting. I almost want to go inverse of you, but that's fair. Um, I love it. Much obliged for the Vegas odds for all of you degenerates that need your gambling fix and live in a state where it is legal. For, for protective legal protective purposes where it's legal.
1: Um, Just because we don't have any sponsors, I can go ahead and say that even if you're in a
0: state where it's not legal, Bovada will take care of you. <laughs> Fair. Um, let's look at the coaching, right? Let, let's get to a hard breakdown of abs against lightning in terms of, you know, from, from a lot of aspects, Nate. Yeah. So obviously, John Cooper has won two consecutive Cups. He's a very cool, cool calm, collected customer behind the bench. Yes. Everybody knows who John Cooper is in the hockey world. You know, so likes a few other things. I'm, never mind. Go ahead. Jared, Jesus Christ. Jared Bednar has, is relatively unknown in terms of his success in the NHL level. But he could potentially become the first coach to guide a team to an ECHL, an AHL, and a Stanley Cup. That's dope. That's just—I mean—that's—that's
1: movie—that's movie script worthy already. Yeah. So y- you might as well just finish it out, right?
0: You know what? I'm really hoping they do. Um, I'm going to give the coaching advantage personally to Cooper just because he's been there, done it. But that's not to say I'm going to pick against the ABS. I just—if you're giving me a choice of the coach behind a bench for a series with a team. If we're looking, if we're, it's like, you know, we're looking at the
1: matchup as a whole and we're looking yeah. at different aspects of it. You're going to give the, the advantage here to the lightning. Yeah. Cause of, cause of the bend there factor. And I get that completely.
0: It's the one thing that doesn't change. Coaching doesn't have stamina in the same way that playing does not, not to say that coaches can't burn out, but you know, they're there to win and they're not physically exhausted in the same way that players are. So it's, it's more of a mental stamina. Um, Let's go into the goaltending. We don't really don't need to do the Lightning because we all know it's going to be the big cat. Vasilevsky going to ride the net until his legs fall off. Um, Sakic has come out and said we're definitely confident in either Franckou or Kemper against the Lightning. I think it's got to be Big Dars. I think the Kemperer needs to start net, but if they go with Franckou, they go with Francou. Yep. I. I mean, obviously, I'm going to give the goaltending advantage to. Tampa. That's really not a fucking question.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it is, and I, I even said it. You know, Darcy Kemper is kind of on my hot seat a little bit. Granted, he, you know, actually, I'm sorry, they really didn't have him at all in the Edmonton series. Am I correct? He got he got knocked out game one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Koo did pretty good for you, and I had Kemper on the hot seat because he really did not. You know, he he kind of struggled with St. Louis.
0: It's true. Um, let's go over, let's do it this way. Let's start off with, let's do lightning forwards against Avs defense. Cause I think this is the best matchup of the series. Would you agree? Uh, I don't know, man. I
1: think, I, I actually think it's reversed. I think it's literally flip-flopped. What you said
0: is my matchup to watch the Tampa defense against the Colorado offense. Well, I think the Colorado offense is going to get there. So that's kind of why I went the other way, but I totally get what you're saying. I
1: mean, yeah, they are, but I think it's—I think it's still going to be good to look at the matchup. But anyway, I, yeah. you know, let's let's take a look at what you said. The uh, you know Tampa forwards versus the Colorado deep
0: blue line. So when you look at the Colorado blue line, obviously it's it's anchored by Kale McCarr. That's not a question. You know, Hockey's Gronk is going to be back there. Devin Tay's fucking steal from the Islanders. Everyone knows that. Yep. And then you go down. Josh Manson has been playing out of his mind in playoffs. You got guys like Byram in there. Eric Johnson had a huge article about, you know, from Newfoundland, good newfie boy on his Ooh. way to the Stanley Cup final, you know, and they've had some injuries, you know, Gerard broke his fucking sternum. Yeah. And then, you know, Jack Johnson's been drawing in. And then they have Ryan Murray kind of just waiting if they need someone to fill in as well. Um, Jacob McDonald as well. So they have a handful of guys. My big thing is this isn't the same Tampa team that rolled four lines deep. They rolled like, Parts of four, but it's not a full four, you know. <laughs> yep. And like Braden Point is potentially back, game one. But how effective is he going to be? That's my big thing. Is if Braden Point's not going balls out, hundred, uh, you know, hundred percent, hundred and fifty percent in this series, I find it really hard to believe Tampa can pull it off. And remind
1: me of what what his injury was, Phil. Um, lower body. It was a lower body injury. Of course, you know that's all we that's all we get, but. Um, yeah, I mean honestly, what they probably what it probably is is some kind of situation where he broke his foot, they put like four screws in, you know, six days ago. That thing's still half swollen. But they're gonna give him some of that, you know, Russian gas and he'll be okay. But yeah, I mean, yeah, a guy like Braden Point has to be balls to the wall in order for him to really have an effect in this series and in any game. Because that's how he that's how he plays all the time, hundred percent balls to the wall, and that's why he gets those dirty, ratty, nasty goals down, you know, down low. So if he's not doing that, then you know that definitely takes away, you know, some some points. Now you do have shitbird Pat Maroon who'll get you those points down there as well. well Kucherov uh, still
0: has twenty three points in playoffs. It's not like he's been playing like a slouch.
1: Right, right. I'm not I, and I'm just trying to talk outside of the main, you know, the main names being Stammer, being Kucherov, being
0: Oh, uh, so you're looking at guys like Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul and Colton and guys, you know what I mean, like yeah,
1: like your second your second third guy line. Obviously, we could talk about fourth line Corey Perry's bitch yeah. ass, but we, you know Besides,
0: Andre, Andre Pallott's been incredible in playoffs.
1: Andre, Andre Pallott has always been incredible for the Lightning in the playoffs. He's a guy that sne- that will sneak up on you and score one, you know, two to three, four goals in a series, have probably two or three assists, and really load up on ice time. Uh, yeah. You know, Ross Colton, Brandon Hagel, those are young guys that can really just take up ice time and move around. And the youth, I think, is that that – small youth that they that the Lightning have. It's just a couple of guys, but those names are going to be helpful against this
0: really young Colorado team. I totally forgot about Alex Colorn, too. I agree. I think it's going to be an interesting... It's going to be a fun four lines against three lines in terms of that matchup. I'm going to give the advantage, and this is going to sound crazy. I'm giving it to Colorado, man. Colorado has been so gritty defensively that... They can give up three goals a night, and I think they could they can still win the series, yeah, I mean that's the thing they they have the ability
1: to play a little bit of damage control, and they I don't know, they just they work well they're every single time, it doesn't matter what pairing's out there with what offensive you know trio they communicate well, they play well they're they all seem to be on the same page most times, yeah. So, yeah, it's hard to hard to pick against them.
0: Sure is. Let's flip it around. Abs, what don't they have in terms of, you know, going forward? Um, if you want to run through the abs, uh, forward lines, I got the uh, Lightning D pulled up here. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: hold on. Let me see if I can find a um, – damn, I wanted to see if there was actually something that kind of lists out there. Their lines. I'm just looking at their pure roster off their uh, website. But uh, anyway, let's just—I mean, let's just look at the names that you have here: Burakovsky, Cog, Andrew Cogliano. That what a great pickup that's been. Oh my God, yeah, Cogs,
0: dude, Cogs never misses a game.
1: Yeah, and here JT Comper, no name guy, but has been just killing it for them. Yeah. these you know these gritty goals. Love it, Darren yeah. Helm, Nazem Kadri, Landeskog. Le- Let's get Kadri back healthy, shall we? What's that? Let's get Kadri back healthy. He's been out injured for a little bit. Yeah, hopefully he can come back. I, what is it? He broke his thumb, didn't he? Or something like that? Yeah, let
0: me double check. Keep talking.
1: Yeah, um, Arturi Lekkonen, Nathan McKinnon, Natty Max, obviously. Um, N- Nishushkin, O'Connor, Ransanen, Nico Sturm. I mean, again, some of these third, fourth line guys that have still been producing for you and been producing at a really high clip. They've been able to pick up some of the slack because guys, you know, a name like Landeskog hasn't really come up a lot in the uh, goals column for Colorado. He could be producing in other ways. I may not be seeing that, but, you know, it's nice when you have guys like a JT Comper, like a Lekinen,
0: like a Helm that's been able to put pucks in the net for you. Absolutely. We're looking at the uh, Tampa Bay decor here. And I mean, obviously, it's led by Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman is six foot six, 240 pounds. He will kill you. Uh, he is a big Swedish man that will put you in the grave. Yeah. Um, after him, though, the ages are what worry me with this Lightning team because you got guys like. Zach Bogosian, who spent, like, a decade in Buffalo and just rotting away in Buffalo before he got traded here. Yeah. And then you got guys like Eric Chernak, who's good age, you know, b- bigger defenseman. You got guys, you know, Ryan McDonough's 33 years old. Jan Rude is 31 years old. You know, they have some older guys. They do pair it with younger guys. You know, Chernak's 25, Cal Foote's 23, and Mikhail Sergachev is 23. Um, they're all big bodies, too. They don't have a single defenseman under 6'1", which is just wild to me. Wait a um, minute. Hold on. Hold on. Did you, did you say Sergeyev is 23?
1: Yeah. So that guy was 20 years old when he won their first cup.
0: Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Big Russian bastard. Um, they've played well. I think Big Cat saves them a lot. They've played well, but this is not. they're not an elite defensive unit. They have an all-time elite goaltender. Yeah, who makes them look better when Hedman's not on the ice, they don't look as good. You know, guys like Darren Radish, eh? Like nothing really jumps out at me outside of a, a handful of names on their on their defensive core. Um, if they hey, get Condry back for quick, Game One, hey. So real quick here,
1: I did I did find um, just like what their what their lines looked like yeah. uh, Game Four. So just to take a look at it. Your yep. first your first line, obviously Natty Max at center, Landeskog on the wing. Uh, Valery Nishushkin on the right wing. Uh, line two, Ransnin at your center. Lekanen on the left wing. Burakovsky on the right. Third Comper at the center. Abe Kubel on the right wing. New and that's a name I didn't even mention, but he's killed it for him. and New Hook on the left. Finally, fourth line, Darren Helm in the center, Logan O'Connor on the right, Andrew Cogliano on the left. When you have a guy like Andrew Cogliano, who has God knows how many years in this league, and you have him on your fourth line, that's basically identical to a Corey Perry, but a guy that I would actually like to have on my team.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm going to take the abs going forward as well, even though they're going to have a tough time, they're going to have to really pepper Vasilevsky and work the puck. Um, I'm still going to take the ABS over the Lightning as in terms of forwards over over the defensive unit. Would you agree? I'm sorry, come back with that, there, Ghost Rider. ABS over Lightning.
1: ABS ABS forwards over Lightning defense. Correct. Oh, ten times out of ten, yeah. I'm sorry. There's just there's not enough there for me. I I mean I get it, the been there factor. You do have it, you do have the dominating guys on that defensive line, but I just think that. Colorado is too high-powered right now, and with the the fact that they showed that rest didn't cause rust when they swept in the first round gives me the confidence to think that they're just going to come right out and be high-powered again.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, let's go to X-Factor. Which player? Pick one player for each team, Nate. Who's gonna be the biggest X factor in the series? And don't give me a McKinnon a Makar, or a Vasilevsky. You yeah, ob- obviously not. Um, do you want one you want one from each
1: team, you said? Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, since I've got since I'm looking at them right now, I'll go ahead and start off with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And my X factor for them, boy, I think it's gonna have to be Okay, I'll give you this. If Braden Point is not able to play, I think you're going to have to look a lot at a Pat Maroon as a guy to get you some of those gritty, nasty goals that Braden Point would normally get you. And I think you're going to need, you're going to need those goals in this series. Sure. So that's, that's, sure. my, that's my X factor for Tampa. Why don't you go ahead and give me your X factor for
0: Tampa while I get, uh, while I start looking around to Colorado. Victor Hedman has to outplay Kale McCarr. If yeah. Victor Hedman doesn't outplay Kale McCarr, they're fucked. Because they're both going to play 30 minutes a night. They're, neither one of them is going to be able to walk well after this series. They're going to spend the next month in recovery on you whatever, on whatever you- island they go to to relax. But Victor Hedman has to outplay Kale McCarr. Running the power play, heading, you know, heading up the point up top on advantages, things like that. He needs to be almost perfect. Because McCarr has 27 points in playoffs. And while nobody's perfect, McCarr has been as goddamn close as you can get. Has, is it just
1: me? Or, I mean, is it. Is, I see the fact that Kale McCarr basically has, like, comprises himself of both Hedman and Sergachev's games. Because Hedman, in my mind, is a little bit more of your defensive offense, your defensive defender. He's, you
0: know, he, I, that's high praise for a guy that's won a Norris.
1: I mean, he's, he can put the puck in the net. I'm not saying that he doesn't do that. I'm just saying I don't think... I, I see Sergachev shooting more for the Lightning than Hedman. Sure. Maybe I'm off base there, but I see... I view Sergachev as their offensive defenseman and um, Hedman more as a two-way defenseman. And Kale McCarr, honestly, I don't know where you would qualify him. I, I almost want to call him more of a playmaker than anything just because of what he does for that team. I and mean, he he is a two-way defender. He can play defense. He's got great offensive capabilities, but he's constantly in the middle of plays.
0: Was that a little John Tortorella playmaker steal you just did there? Maybe. That's fair. Um, K.O. McConaughey reminds me of, a, like, a, in football, it's like a, a rover playing safety. He's positionless. He's, he's Giannis Antetokounmpo, for those of you that maybe watch the NBA. Positionless hockey, that is Kale McCarr. He can do whatever he wants. He can score at will. He joins the attack. He he does whatever he wants. Yeah. He's a freak. He's the fastest guy alive. He's a freak. So, you know, I I think you should win the Norris this year, no problem. And, yeah, I mean, but Hedman's going to have to outplay him. But, I mean, Hedman's won two cups. I don't know how Kale McCarr is going to react to playing in the Stanley Cup final. So, I know how Hedman's going to react. So, that's kind of the other teaser there, I guess. Let's hear your uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, my Colorado
1: Avalanche. Now, this isn't going to be a big name for you. Or, this is going to be a big name for you. I'm sorry. And I know you didn't want, you really didn't want these. But, I think this is a guy that needs to finally make his appearance in this playoffs. And that's Gabriel Landiscott.
0: You took mine, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Alright, we're on the same page. Let's go.
1: I'm sorry. I, I hate the
0: yeah. You know, I, I
1: I sorry to do that to you, buddy. But no, this okay. is this is your captain. This is the guy that has the C on the chest. And I'm trying to look up right now. Actually, here I got it. So looking up to see what these uh, stat sheets look like, and looking at the playoff scoring. And here is our Mr. Landeskog. Okay, so. Maybe I'm off base here, uh, but 17 points for him, um, five goals, three assists in this playoff. So maybe maybe we're a little off base there. Uh, so I'll go ahead. You know what? I'll give it to JT Comper. I think that guy needs to keep keep it up, keep putting some of those nasty goals in, find those, you know, rebound pucks and
0: basically play the Braden point of your team. Yeah. I'm actually going to, since we both agreed on Landis and we're kind of giving a, a X factor B here. I'm going to go Miko Rantanen. I think Miko's going to have to be huge on power play. I think this series is going to be won or lost on, on the power play versus the kill. Because mm-hmm. um, they're both going to defend their bags off. And, they, you know, having, having Vazzy back there will make it even more difficult. But Tampa hasn't done a great job of staying out of the box. So... I think of a guy like Miko who could like just sit backside, let Nate Nate rip and just tap in some fucking you know rebounds. I think that's a really or you know Mac you know Mac plays down and McCarr plays it down to to Landeskog on the left and he slides it right over to Miko on the right and just taps it in. Like I think those are going to be the kind of goals that you need to win the series. And I think that's the kind of player that Miko Rantanen is. I think he provides that. He puts up a lot of points. So yeah, I think think Miko's a good one too. I
1: love that. I love that. And. So another thing, you know, just kind of looking at it, one thing I think I'm going to really love about this series is the fact that whole mice, yes, it's an advantage, but I don't think it's going to be that much of an advantage in this series just because these are two teams that have proved in this playoffs they can win on the road. They, yeah. can, win, they can win in hostile environments. And... I think that's going to be fun. I think there are going to be road games to be had and be stolen in this series.
0: Who do you think's had the more hostile run to the to the cup? You got Tampa took on Toronto. doesn't get any more hostile than that. And then Tampa took on the Panthers. It doesn't get any, sorry, Panthers fans. It doesn't get any less hostile than that. And then Tampa took on the Rangers, and it really doesn't get much more hostile than that in America. So
1: it Colorado a hundred percent had the more hostile path because you started out in Smashville. That is a very loud fan base. Yeah. Maybe, you know, game three was probably pretty loud. Who knows about game four? Cause that series was a sweep. Um, the St. Louis series, those guys are, they, there's bad blood there. So obviously that was a very hostile series. And Edmonton, I mean... You take on if, a Canadian, they
0: both took on a Canadian giant.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I was about to say. Like, you you played Edmonton, a Canadian team that had been that close, that was that close to the cup. You know, the first one that a Canadian team might have been able to win since 93. Yeah, that was a pretty loud environment. So, yeah. I, I'm giving it to the Avs. The Avs had a definitely a tougher... For a more hostile road, not a tougher road, but a more hostile environment. Road to here, and
0: they swept in two of those series. Let me ask you a question about the series for the ABS against Edmonton. Do you think Edmonton was emotionally drained after that battle of Alberta? Oh yeah, I think there was definitely, definitely some
1: baggage brought from that series into this one. There were some tired legs. I mean, even I think even the fan base was a little worn out from that. I you know I don't even know if that series you know the games that they played against Colorado were even close to as a hostile environment as when Cal- or
0: Calgary was there. Fair. You know? I, I was just curious what you thought about that because I, I I was wondering because I was thinking about Edmonton's road to that you know to the Western Conference Final and like you couldn't have a more and. This is not a shot at Kings fans, but, like, eh, it's L.A. sports fans. Like, I've been to a game at Crypto.com, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as the Staples Center. Yeah. It's a great environment. The fans are passionate, and they're super knowledgeable. But it's still Los Angeles. It's still very chill, if you will. Like, it gets loud, but it's, it, you know, it's very chill. Yeah. And then you have to go to a, a freak seven-game series with them, and then, bam, Battle of Alberta, here we go. So I feel like there was a more of an emo- emotional roller coaster there, whereas the Rangers were just in a fucking dog fight. You mean, against, the, you mean like, the Lightning? Sorry, I meant the Rangers going into that series against the Lightning. The Rangers were the rabid dog that never got let off the leash. They had the Penguins, which was a shit show. And then what? they had the Hurricanes, which was a shit show. And so- then they, what'd you say? Uh, I uh, what you said,
1: you know, after you said Penguins, I said went to seven. And after you said Canes, I said and went to
0: seven. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, on a lot of, lot of extra miles on those legs combined with a lot of it, it very intense series. I mean, every series they they played was intense. Yeah. Fights. In, I think there were fights in all three series, if I, if I remember correctly. And, like, I mean, you get a guy like Revo on your side. But, you know, I think Tampa was more... Once they flipped that script in Game 3, I think there was a sense that the New York Rangers were, I don't want to say tired, but they broke their spirit. And I think they broke their spirit fully when Palat scored. That was the turning point.
1: Oh yeah, when Palat scored that game winner to take Game 3... They, the wind came completely out of the sails of the New York Rangers, and that wind shifted directions on them 180 degrees, and it was in the favor of Toronto for the rest of the way. Yeah. And they just couldn't get that momentum back. And it, you know, it's a shame, especially when you can't, even, you can't even get it back at home.
0: Yeah, I, I, re- I really expected uh, a little bit more, to be honest, in both series. I thought Edmonton would give a little more of a fight um obviously colorado's had two sweeps in playoffs they have not been rusty uh they haven't had to go to seven yet tampa's gone to seven so nate it brings us down you already gave it you said you're, you're going abs and six correct i said abs and i i have a
1: bet for abs and seven but oh okay I, yes i i have the bet for the abs and seven but I could also very realistically see the abs winning in six and taking that game six in Tampa.
0: What's your official, not, not gambling. What's your predict? What is your heart telling you? Not your, not your gambling heart. Your, your, I love hockey heart. What's it telling you? It's, it's telling me seven because it's and
1: solely because of the fact that it's Tampa and that they're going to be able to grind out a, they're going to be able to grind out three wins. They're going to be able to get one, at least one in Colorado, whether that be one of the first two or game five. But they're going to be able to sneak out at least one game in Colorado. I also think Colorado is going to be
0: able to sneak out one, maybe two in Tampa. Fair. Uh, no, it's fair. I, it, it's a lot of travel. And there's two – there's, what, two days in between game, games one and two, I think. Is there – I haven't looked at it yet. I had it up here. Let me double-check again. I think it's, it's tomorrow, obviously. We got – or today. Sorry, you're listening tonight, Wednesday. Um, yeah. So, game two is Saturday, and then they fly to Tampa to play again on Monday. That's going to be the tricky one. That's going to be the tricky one right there because every game after that is one day in between. My guess is they don't want to compete with NBA Finals, so they worked it out in a weird way um, in terms of playing Wednesday and then not playing until Saturday. Or they wanted primetime Saturday. That's fine. You know, it gives us hockey to watch on a Monday night when there's nothing on on Monday other than a little baseball. So, not mad. But, um, yeah, there's there's two days in between game, game between games one and two. I don't know if the winner of game one wins game two. That's a lot of time to be sitting in your hotel. Because I'm sure the Avalanche – They'll probably go home the first night, but they'll probably stay in a hotel at least one one night before game two, if not two. You so, think so? You think? Do you really think so? I think they'll. I think. I think Landeskog and Landeskog and the boys will take. A, you know, basically a team vote. Do you want to stay away from your family and be focused and stay stay at a hotel, or do you want to go home where you can sleep in your own bed? Where do you think you're going to be more focused? Because I mean- Tampa already knows what they're doing. Tampa doesn't care. Their routine has not changed since they won Lord Stanley's Cup in 2020. So they'll know what to do. They've been forced to sit in a bubble and win a Stanley Cup. And then last year they were, you know, they traveled around for it, but it wasn't quite the same thing. So I don't think Tampa has any adjustments to make. The ABS need to figure out who they are and what their plan is. And if they're going to go full isolation, college football mode, or if they're going to Go home and see their families and whatever, because
1: well, I, I and again that's why I that's why I said you know do you really think so because what what about this playoffs for them as at what aspect has made you say you know it's broke it needs to be fixed because I've seen from everything I've seen if it ain't broke don't fix it that's fair no that's and totally if, fair so if, I would I would play this. I would play this the exact same way that you
0: did going into that St. Louis series. Yeah, whatever they – I mean, I'm, I'm sure they have a plan in terms of, you know, early on what they were doing. This is just my, my thoughts. But, hey, we have some listener predictions right now. So, give me some stick taps for the listeners. Oh, we're, we're letting the listeners in on this one. I love the it. Listeners, the listeners have, we, we tweeted out about 8 o'clock on Tuesday night. Call it out who wins and how many games. So, coming from Michael, 546 5, Jesus, buddy. Limit the numbers. Uh, that's definitely his burner. For Yeah. For that guy. That guy's probably, that's probably his <laughs> ninth burner. This is Sackick's burner. Um, it says abs in seven. Vaz- Vasilevsky will make it tough on him. That's a great take. That, I there's nothing that has shown me that he won't. Dan Jericho at Dan Jericho three says abs. I don't care how many games they will need, buddy. Fair, fair assessment. Fair assessment. Yeah. Um, Again, I'm I'm with you. Like there's, I think
1: a lot of America is with. The avalanche right now, because I think a lot of people don't want to see those jackasses from South Florida win it for a third straight. Yeah, they're getting the
0: Patriots treatment, of course. Um, uh, at a, Let's go Mets and Rangers. At Mets Rangers 11 says, Avs in six. Absolutely. Here we go. Here we go. At PJ Delaney two, hockey bucket list. Tampa in six. This Ooh. guy this guy's going to ride out the been there done it factor. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know what, man? Let's go down. We got another one. Finn's boy21 at Finn's boy21 says lightning in six as well. All right, big guy. Hey, yo. Um, here we go. Here's an interesting one. Rick Deese at rick underscore Deese. He's a private account, but give him a follow. He interacts with us all the time, folks. Rick D says avalanche in five.
1: Ooh. Ooh. So I will say right now, a hundred of your soft earned dollars on just Tampa to win this series does bank does win you hundred fifty. So there you go, just a thought. That's
0: hundred of your soft earned dollars right there. It's true. Make a hundred bucks in your sleep if you're a real American. Um, and then we got two more here. Then we're gonna cut it off. Um, I don't know there's one name that this is gonna be interesting. Man at TD Waddle, Big Dolphins guy, says abs in six. So here we go. And then Buddy, he, he has the 100 emoji, the star emoji, and then the American flag. And it's at bald that N-word. I'm not going to finish that one. Yeah. Uh, you, you all can deduce what that means. Um, he says abs in six. So we have a lot of abs and six in here. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, who
1: was, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Who was your guy that called the abs in, or called the lightning and six? Was that your fins boy? Um, no, there were a few guys that called. Oh, that was, yeah, that was your, that was your hockey bucket list. And, and the fins boy that yes, called. They, yeah,
0: they both called lightning and six. And then we had yeah. Rick Disco and abs and five. Okay. So, um, for those individuals,
1: if you're listening, that have picked the Lightning and six, uh, 100 of your soft earned dollars on that, on the Lightning 4 2 winning this series would win you $550. So 100 of your soft earned, it brings in 550. Just saying. Right now, a Tampa Bay sweep comes in at plus
0: 1400. That's where I would put 100 bucks, but I'm also 30 years old and have a hundred bucks to fuck around with Not that I'm trying to brag but you get a little older in life you work a little you work a little bit of time you save a little bit of money if you're lucky that's where I'd be putting a hundred bucks personally not that I'm a big gambling man but that's the payout I'm looking for I'm not looking for the plus 175 I'm looking for the plus 1400 fuck me up and take me to the casino money you know right
1: hey so real quick before we wrap this up I think I got one last fun little uh, gambling thing that I think would be cool to go through with you here so uh, Bovada provides a little, uh, some player props in the overall, so the overall series, and uh, it's head-to-head players, you know, in se- in goals for the series. Yeah. So who's going to have more goals? So let's start off with this one. Anthony Sorelli
0: or JT Comper? I'm going to go Sorelli there. Okay. I know you picked Comper as the X Factor, but I'm going Sorelli. All right. More more power play time. Kucherov or McKinnon. I'm going,
1: Daddy Max. All right, Makar or Hedman. Macar. Palat, Burakovsky. Palat.
0: Stammer, Landeskog. Landeskog, Stammers. I think Stammers borderline washed. Okay, um, and then
1: so let's just go top your p- top point scorers here's your top point scorer or yeah here's your top point scorer odds right now and that's this is goals and assists natty max your favorite plus 375 i totally called him
0: daddy max to spin off that by the way <laughs> i know you did
1: i heard it <laughs> i was going to let it slide but that's pretty sus anyway uh <laughs> so so yeah natty max your uh Odds-on favorite to be the top point scorer at plus 375. Then Kucherov at plus 400. Makar plus 525. Ransanen plus 550. Stammer plus 7. Landeskog 8. Braden Point plus 12. Hedman plus 12. Kadri 14.
0: It's not sus. I do Barely Hockey. Follow us on Twitter at Barely Hockey. But before we go, I didn't get my prediction. Oh, sorry, buddy. No, it's okay. I definitely went out uh, to talk to the – you know, engage with the – Listening public on Twitter. Um, I am going to go. Th- so this is a bitch because every time I pick against them, they end up kicking me in the teeth. The Avs are going to back him against a wall. I think the Avs get out of Colorado up two zero. Yep, I can see that. Tampa wins Game Three at home. Short travel, but also familiar with it. You know. Home arena, crowd's going to be absolutely banana lands. Champa Bay, Champa Bay. And then Colorado fucks them and wins game four. And then they go back to Colorado and Tampa's like, we're not letting you do this. And the us against the world mentality is what Vazzy needs for a shutout. I think they'll shut Colorado out in game five in Denver just to piss off the abs fans before they go back to Tampa Bay for game six. And that was the last ounce of energy the Lightning had left was that game five performance because they're not letting their season die on the road. And Colorado comes back with the young legs first time there and they're going to go in there and they're going to beat them. And I think they're going to beat them somewhere around like a five to one. It's really not going to be close. And Vazzy's little run of insanity will still be a crazy run, but it's going to come to an end in game six. I had the Avs in six. They hoist the cup in Tampa, and they come back and have an absolute gong show parade down 16th Street all through downtown Denver. It's not just a Broncos town, folks. They love their fucking avalanche. Fucking right. Avs in six, baby. Um. Hey, so I love that, A.
1: You know I'm with you. Uh, but And also, before we go, I think we... Need to touch on some hockey news that's not in the Stanley Cup, am I right? I mean, because we have a coaching, a coach hiring.
0: I almost you know? said it, but I was going to let it go since, <laughs> since we, uh, since we were, we we were kind of just hyping up the final. But yeah, we do need to talk about it. People come here for their hockey talk,
1: and if it happens, we're going to talk about it. So or your money back. Yeah, Vegas bringing in Butch Cass or Bruce Cassidy. Sorry. Bruce I Cassidy
0: said but- the Sundance kids. That's right. <laughs>
1: uh, no, but, uh, yeah, bringing in, bringing in Bruce Cassidy. Yeah.
0: Boy. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Cause I got a, a couple interesting hire. Um, obviously he was not happy in Boston. He was willing to trade Boston, which is fucking banana lands. Don't do that. You absolute goon. Um, he wanted to have more player personnel decision control, and I get that, but it's the Boston Bruins, man. Like that's one of the most storied franchises in the history of the National Hockey League. Like that—that's '06, baby.
1: Right. I don't think they've ever, you know, given you, given anybody a reason to question what they do in the front office because they've always had at least,
0: you know, teams that were able to you know, contend for a playoff spot. Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree. It, it, it's not the place. Now, Vegas is the place. Vegas may let him damn well GM the hell out of it. I don't think they care. It's a new franchise with no history. Yeah. So, one one Western Conference title. That's it. So, they finally missed playoffs for the first time. They have a wagon of a roster. He's used to handling a bunch of different personalities. I think it's a good hire. I just think he's kind of the head case, but we'll see how it works out there.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be really interesting. Um,
0: it, I think
1: it might be good for a guy like Jack Eichel who needs a coach that has had, you know, basically that star player or star players, of, you know, a couple of them yeah. that the team relies on and Jack needs a guy that's had experience with that because he is that guy for Vegas. True. I mean they have they have other names on that roster, I'm not saying that he's the only guy, but let let's be honest. I mean, when he's a yeah, Mark Stone guy, he's pretty good. Yeah, he is pretty good. But there's uh you know, when a guy like Jack Eichel comes on your team, granted it's a lot different because of the injuries and stuff that he's had, but it should be like an Austin Matthews or a Nathan McKinnon just joined your team. Yeah. It really should be because of the level of production that Jack I think Jack Eichel's capable of. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Eichel's a hundred point a year guy. If he's on the right team, for sure. Exactly. So, he just, yeah. hasn't, he's been in Buffalo, hasn't been able to show that. So now I think it'll be kind of exciting to see what Bruce Cassidy, Butch Cassidy and the um, Sundance Vegas Golden Knights can do.
0: <laughs> the Sundance Knights. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm looking up Bruce's CV too. It, I mean, First of all, he's coached everywhere. But, you know, he, he went to a Stanley Cup final with the Bees. The Bees were the only—I mean, he was in the Bees organization for a long time. He was at Providence for eight years, and he took over Boston for six years. Now he's going to Vegas. He doesn't really know anything, to be honest, anything recently. Other than that organization—oh, my bad. He, he was the head coach of the Capitals, too, I guess, from 02 to 04. I forgot about that. And the Blackhawks from 406. to 06. Spent a lot of time in the minors after some unsuccessful stints in the NHL. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's fine. I'm ready for the rest of the coaching carousel to pop off as soon as the season ends. Yeah. We have, we have some real fucking content there. But yeah, um, leave us at the Vegas Golden Knights, man. It's Vegas. They got to put on a show. Fuck the Stanley Cup final. We're going to hire a coach. So you guys can talk about that. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, we got the abs going all the way. Hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup. And I think Landis Cog. does Landis Cog cry? I think he does. 11 seasons, yeah, I, I, I think you might tear up a little bit with Lord Stanley in his hands.
1: I think uh, any, I'm pretty sure any guy does. And that's, and I think that's the other reason why I don't want to see Tampa because, I mean, yeah, sure, I, I mean, granted for them, it's going to be special if they win it, regardless. But to, we've seen the same guys hoist that thing two years in a row. It can't have the same it can't hold the same significance and value this one to the first one that they got, and that's why I wanna I like seeing other guys be able to hoist that cup, I like seeing some parity
0: within yeah within the teams listed on that. I have no desire to watch Patty Maroon, ho- that big Mongoloid, ho- hoist his fourth straight cup, which nobody's done since I think the great one, I believe, was the last guy to do it. So in the 80s, pretty nuts, so yeah. And
1: honestly, comparing those two is like comparing apples and potato chips.
0: <laughs> it's like comparing apples to rocks. One you can't eat, one you can't, but the other one will hurt you real bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you're not wrong there. Let's, uh, let's wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, uh, get the fuck out of here. For Nate McBride, I'm Phil Razor. i telling you guys, dearly hockey.